1: Hey, what's going on? It's Billy Halliwell, and welcome to the Pure Flicks podcast. So, I am super excited today because we are welcoming back a guest who we have had on the show before. His name is Will Graham, and you probably know who he is. If you are not familiar, let me just tell you his grandfather is the Reverend Billy Graham, and his father is Franklin Graham. And Will has an amazing faith story. We're going to get into how he got into ministry, what faith means to him, but also, and this is pretty unique and interesting. He actually plays his grandfather, Billy Graham, in the film Unbroken Path to Redemption. You can watch that movie streaming right now on Pure Flix, and you're going to get a chance to hear what it was like to actually pretend, you know, portray his grandfather, an iconic evangelist who is known around the world. A really fun and interesting story there. And so with no further ado, let's welcome Will to the Pure Flix podcast. Will Graham, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, Billy. Great to see you, my friend. So I'm I'm excited to catch up with you. We have a lot to talk about today, but the big topic we're going to start with is the film Unbroken Path to Redemption. So this is a movie, and we talked a couple of years ago about this, and I, I found it incredible. You had this quote, and I forget which interview it was you did, but you said, you know, somebody asked you, was this the first movie you had ever been in? And you said, yes, and it might be the last. And that kind of made me chuckle a little bit. Um, So I wanted to talk about that process of you portraying your grandfather, Billy Graham. How did that come about? How did you end up with that role?
2: Yeah, in a a nutshell, it came through a lot of back doors, like um, uh, a friend that knew a friend that knew a friend, that type of thing out in California. And uh one of my friends said, "You know, if you're thinking about doing this movie, you should get Will Graham, uh, his grandson, to do this." And so, but I didn't know this. I didn't know about the movie coming out, the new movie, uh, the one that we're talking about, Unbroken Path to Redemption. Uh, I didn't know about that. I mean, this is not some. I'm, I'm a preacher. I'm a right, preacher. Right. I am not. You a weren't
1: preacher. auditioning for movies. You weren't so out is, there this yet.
2: This is way out of my. You know, this is left field for me, but. Um, uh, it just came back through a friend in California that just mentioned it to one of the uh, uh, producers, executive producers. And uh, so they that started the ball rolling. And um, they asked me to come out to California to talk to the producer and to the director. And and they sent me the script and everything like that. And uh, they said, well, yeah, you want to try out, for, you know, like they, they want me to go through some lines. I was like, guys, I'm not even sure if I'm the right person. I was like, this story is too important for me to mess it up or, all right, don't, don't let this be about Will Graham being in the movie. I do care less. I don't want to be in the movie. I'm, I'm happy with it behind the scenes, but um, you know, this story is so important. I don't want me to mess it up. So, get so was that you your want. first
1: thought? Kind of Like your first thought was more of sort of apprehension. It sounds oh, like yeah.
2: good gracious. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I'm a preacher. Right, right. I, you know,
1: I do everything in one take. <laughs> you know, Everything's live for me. So Well, and it's not acting, right? And and the, the interesting thing, and, and for those who don't know, and I'm sure most people do, it's Louis Zamperini's story, right? Your grandfather yeah. Billy Graham had a really instrumental part. Um in in his personal story in Louis's personal story and in his journey uh, of faith, but you're offered this opportunity. And the extra strange part of that is that it's not just an acting opportunity. It's, oh, you're gonna play your grandfather, right? who obviously we all know is the most influential Christian of the last you know century, spoke to more people in person than probably anybody in in history has. And so it's just this incredible opportunity. What was it that changed your mind or that kind of brought you to the place of saying, okay, I'm going to do this. Well,
2: one, I have to get permission because I'm an employee. Right. (laughs) My father, Franklin Graham is my boss in more ways than one. All right. And so I had to get permission (laughs) for him to do it. And that, you know, to use our likeness and stuff like that in a film. Uh, So there's a lot of hoops to jump through. We just don't. We don't give out the Billy Graham name. Even though this story is not about Billy Graham, we just want to be very careful who we even partner with to tell the story of Billy Graham. And uh, one thing is that we love the Zamperini family. This is a family that we've admired for a long, long time. We're very grateful. We're And we, came, we became very close friends uh, through this whole movie process. And so uh, even str- uh, stronger friends. Um, but I had a lot of apprehension. One, because I'm not an actor. And this story is way too important for me to, I didn't want to blow it and ruin the movie or the cheesy acting or whatever, uh, on my part. I, and I worked with great actors. All right. I had some great people to work with, but, uh, I didn't want to ruin it and it'd be the shortcoming in the film. So it was too important for that. So I had a lot of apprehension, but it, we got it. It all came together in God's timing. They called me, and said, Will, we want you to do it. And I was like, oh, my gosh, really?
1: <laughs> it's happening. We couldn't find
2: anyone better. Seriously. <laughs> so um, but they wanted me to just do it because it, preaching was natural for me. And I wasn't acting when I preached. And here's a cool thing. All the words that I speak in the movie are actually my granddad's words from his sermons. That same those same crusade sermons I preached. Now, they weren't all the same. Night, I, we took different parts that we thought fit the movie, um, but they came over about four or five different sermons, and they're all pointed to the life of Louis Zamperini. And so, all my words were actually my granddad's, so it was actually kind of easy. Now, I will say this some of the things that he said I would never say, and boy, it took me a long time to get those things down because that's I was going to
1: say. Like, how did you because the cadence of how you preach and how your grandfather preached it's going to be different? Every person is different. Um how did you get that down? How did you kind of like nail that down so you were able to deliver it in such a believable way?
2: Well well I'm I'm, I'm glad you said it was believable because sometimes <laughs> I didn't know if it was or not but uh you know it it, 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 young Billy Graham's different than old Billy Graham and I can do an old Billy Graham impersonation pretty you know pretty easily. Um but a young Billy Graham's different. He was like a machine gun like I mean he was just da 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 I mean he just like he never took a breath. And I am the opposite naturally. I am very slow, very deliberate. I pause between sentences you know, and thoughts. And my granddaddy, he, there's no breath. He's just like the whole sermon is like one long sentence. And I mean, he just goes, 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 goes. And so trying to somewhat replicate that was extremely hard for me. I didn't do it that well. He, they, I tried it. They said, well, don't do it. It looks forced. Just preach the way that you would preach. And it comes off a lot more naturally. So that's what I did.
1: So so, it's amazing. People, you can go out and you can watch the movie on Pure Flix. You can see Will Graham um, portraying Billy Graham. It's pretty incredible. You do a great job. But let's talk about your grandfather a little bit uh, because obviously the influence he had was incredible. Um, Ninety-nine years he lived, incredible life. What was he like as a grandfather? I think that's a question a lot of people would probably want to know. Like, what was it like just like for you, there's Billy Graham that everyone knows. And then there's Billy Graham, who was a family member who knew you and loved you. What what was he like?
2: Yeah, and that's what a lot of people, you know, the number one question I get in life is, what does it feel like to be Billy Graham's grandson? <laughs> and, and I always have the same answer. And I don't, And I don't mean to try to cut it short or something, but it's just like, I was born Billy Graham's grandson. I die as Billy Graham's grandson and I don't know life apart from being Billy Graham's grandson. This is the only life I know. Now I know my granddaddy's different. I know he's famous. I understand that not everybody's, uh, grandfather's famous, but, uh, for me, he, I always looked at him as my grandfather. I never looked at him as a famous person. He was my grandfather. First and foremost, he was my grandfather. I had, as a matter of fact, I was blessed to have four living grandparents all the way into my early thirties. That's amazing. That is, that is, and they were all in really good health. Uh, my granddaddy may have been the uh, Billy Graham, that is. Uh, he was probably more the sickly mm-hmm. one. Matter of fact, we we thought he would die <laughs> decades earlier, but he lasted out, lasted everybody else, and including his team. He outlived uh, almost everyone, his whole team. And so, uh, but I love my granddaddy. When I went to go see him, that's who I, I went to go see my granddaddy. I didn't, to, I didn't get to go see Billy Graham. I went to go see my grandfather. and. For us grandchildren, there's 19 of us. There's 19 grandchildren. I know it's a, it's like a whole tribe.
1: That's that is. That's, that's a, a big big. You think about the Robertsons. You know, in Duck Dynasty, their family dinner. Your table, if you're all together, is massive.
2: Yeah, yeah, yes, it will. <laughs> and uh, and because of that, uh, we have our own nickname. I mean, like you know, family name for my granddad, and we call him Daddy Bill. So my grandmother was Tete. Uh, tete is a Chinese word. Uh, it's really Tete. But we're from North Carolina. We don't say te te. We say tete. And uh, but it's old lady. That's what it means in Chinese. Old lady. She gave herself her name. All right. Don't look at me and say, man, you called <laughs> your grandmother old lady. Came up with this name. I don't know Chinese. She she gave herself her own name. And being old in China is a sign of respect. So in China, it's a sign of respect. And so we called her tete, and we called him Daddy Bill. So they're grandparents
1: first and foremost in my life. What was the what was the biggest lesson he ever taught you? The biggest life lesson?
2: Well, uh, people, I never talked shop. If you want to use those words, I never talked shop with my granddaddy, um, and so when it came to the things I learned from him, it was probably not in conversation, but the things I would read about him, um, especially as I was preparing for this movie and how important the gospel was. And, uh, you know, and how it transforms lives, how committed he was to it. And that really had a profound impact on my preaching, especially after the movie. Um, Mm. the things that I learned, you know, watching my granddaddy learning from my granddaddy. Um, I really started to put in practice, especially after the movie, it gave me a whole new appreciation to preach hard and to, and to preach knowing that people are going to come forward and not just positive thinking. It's not that. It's because it has nothing to do with me. It's the power of God through the preaching of his word. And uh, that's why I give invitations everywhere I go. I preach, uh, whether it's here at the Cove where I am right now in Asheville, North Carolina, or if it's on the road preaching. Uh, I was just out in California preaching this whole week. Uh, the, or the week before Christmas, every night I gave an invitation, every night I gave an invitation, and it was church, and we still saw people come to know Christ, so there's wow. always a, a Louis in the audience, always a Louis and he's ready to give his life to Christ, we just have to give an invitation for that person to come and receive Christ, and their life will forever be changed, so uh, that's one of the greatest lessons I learned from my granddad.
1: Yeah, and that's what's amazing about Unbroken getting a chance to see that spiritual transformation. You don't get a chance to see it in the first movie, you know, the first Unbroken. In this one, you know, Path to Redemption, you do you get to see that path to redemption, how he got there, and what role, you know, your grandfather. And this is why it's so important that we share the gospel, right? We never know, just like you were saying, you give that invitation every night, and people will come. There'll be a Louis in every audience. Well, we all have that ability, no matter where we are, no matter what our sphere of influence is at work, no matter what, to be that person sharing and bringing people the truth. That That's an incredible legacy. At the end of the day, whether someone is famous or not, that's the legacy we all want to have. And, and one of the things, and maybe people don't know this about your background, it would be really interesting to hear, you know, you've got generations now, right? Your grandfather, you've got your father, there's you, and there's a lot of people in your family in general who have gone into ministry. You had a choice, like anyone else did, obviously, to do whatever it was that you felt called to do. And I'm assuming the calling is why. But but what was your path, you know, into ministry when you were a kid? Did you know you were going to be a pastor? I'm, I'm curious about that background.
2: Well, um, I, you're right. I mean, I got a lot of people. In ministry and mainly and a huge influence is my dad right my mom and dad are gonna be the greatest influences in my life um and so i saw what my dad was doing uh, through the work of samaritan's purse uh, and he's still doing through samaritan's purse um and so even at an early age i felt uh god called me i mean he revealed himself you know what i'm saying he touched my heart and i gave my life to christ when i was about six years old nine, uh, in 1981 uh, January 11th, 1981, I gave my life to Christ right before my sixth birthday. And so, and then from then on, I wanted to be used by God. And so I started looking and, and when I look back, I can't see it when I'm going through it. Obviously I didn't know it at the time, but when you look back and in retrospect, I, I could see breadcrumbs, these little crumbs along the trail that God was, he was starting to prepare my heart for ministry. And I still didn't know what that was. Um, the last thing I wanted to be was to be a preacher. I thought it may be like a missionary or something like that. Why? Why is that? Why, why was that uh, something that you, I didn't want to do. Yeah, well, I didn't want to do it because I mean, like pastors are, are, uh, you know, underappreciated, overworked yes. and underpaid.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I
2: mean, I mean, preaching is seven days a week, 24 hours a day, um, being a pastor of a church. And, and here's the thing. When I was in seminary, God put made me into a pastor, and I became a pastor of a local church, and I loved it. Matter of fact, to this day, I still wish and long to go back and preach in the church, and retire in the local church. I don't know if God will ever give me that chance or not, but they, but like, that's why I love to go preach in local churches. Well, I'm, even though I do crusade type work and I work for the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, I try to take a few weekends off to go just go preach in church because I miss it so much, um, and that's wonderful. But I still miss the everyday seeing lives change through the local church and so that's one of the things i want to uh i wish i could do later on in life but uh uh, lo and behold god turned me into a pastor then in about 2006 god called me away from the church i left with tears in my eyes not not bad tears these are tears of joy i didn't want to leave but i knew god called me and so i had to be obedient to god's call and come and help my father franklin graham and he asked me to come here to the cove in Asheville, north
1: carolina that's where i Ever since, well, it's incredible. I mean, what what for you? And I've been asking everybody this question, and some people kind of look at me sideways at first, and some people are ready to answer it right away. So I don't know which camp you'll be in. But when you think about your legacy, right? We we talk a lot about Billy Graham's legacy, your dad's legacy, and it may not even be something you thought a lot about. But at the end of the day, in fifty years, when all is said and done, what do you want that legacy to be? Man,
2: well. You know, what, what kind of impact I'm going to have in this world. Uh, you know, I guess that maybe after I'm gone, you know, you'll find, really find out. But, you know, I would love to leave that same type of impact my granddaddy did that to be a preacher of the gospel. Uh, and that's what my granddad's on his tombstone. It just says the preacher of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And that's what I want to be. I want to be known as a faithful preacher of God's word uh, that t- told other people about God's word or about God through his word. And give them a chance to respond, and I've been blessed to see that just a few times in my in my short life, <laughs> so far. Um, I've, uh, I was um, in Australia, Kalgoorlie, Australia, in Western Australia, in a gold town, and I was going to be doing a crusade there. I call mine celebrations. I was doing a, an evangelistic rally a celebration there, and uh, the mayor threw a party, uh, and bound the all the pastors and the town council to come together and just have a like welcome will to our city type event. And I got there and this one guy's like, man, you don't, you don't have an Australian accent. You got a Western, I mean, like a, a US accent. Where are you from? He goes, I'm from Canada. He said, uh, you led me to Christ in Lethbridge, um, Alberta, Canada. And now I'm a, I'm a youth pastor over here. I couldn't uh-huh. believe it. And he said, my whole family came to know. Christ. So it's one of those things. It's kind of cool to see. So as I call it a full circle story where you preach to somebody, they gave their life to Christ, they disappeared. Then they come way back. And now they're pastoring and you get to meet them. And so uh, that's one of those neat things that I I got to see in my lifetime. And I hope to see more young, these other young men and women that come to know Christ later on life and, and see what's doing in their life.
1: Well, you talk about legacy, that's legacy, right? I mean, that is, and then that person is going to reach other people. And you Mm -hmm. think about your grandfather being faithful and living the life he did, you know, yes, there's the public life, but that, that private life of who he was your father then followed. You followed. Many other people in your family followed. As a result of that, and so it's it's a good form of dominoes. It's the kind of dominoes we want. You knock one down, and they and everybody, you know, you you reach people for the gospel in your family, multi-generationally, and then even outside of that. So that that is incredible. And final final question for you: um, What has been the biggest challenge of ministry? Because we talked a lot about the blessings. What are the challenges? It's it's a Let's be honest. It's a tough culture right now. There's a lot happening. Um, what are the hard parts of it?
2: Well, it, I tell you, the, there's a lot of blessings and cursings uh, that come in ministry. You know, part part of the curse is that your life's, especially being a gram, your life's always I tell like a fishbowl. Everybody's watching, even when you don't think they are. And this is before, you know, smartphones and cameras in everybody's pockets and stuff like that. You know. People are always watching, even when you didn't think they were watching or something like that. People were watching, um, or some people didn't know who I was, and they found out later that I was Billy Graham's grandson, and they said, "Oh, you helped me, you know, change my tire or something like that." Thank you, you know, like at least I did something nice for me, you. Know I <laughs> <laughs> was in a, a good move. mood that day or something, but uh, you know, um, so you, you got the life bowl or a fishbowl type of syndrome where people are always watching, and you, you know, you really there's no room for duplicity there. Um, you really got to have it be a person of character. And so um, that's just one of those things, good or bad. It's probably a good thing because it makes you want to be good and do good things. Um, But there's a lot of blessings that come with it, especially being a gram. A lot lot of people love me because then they've never met me. It's only because they love my grandfather or my father. And that's a wonderful thing. It's a wonderful thing to have a wonderful name that people love and respect, and honor, and that's, that's, uh, I want to be very careful with that name, that's why we're very careful with the name Graham, uh, with what we associate with, what we do, uh, because God's given us a wonderful name, and I want to maintain that, uh, because a a wonderful, uh, a name is, is more precious than gold or silver, a a wonderful name is, and good character, and I want to have that more than anything else in this life, and so when it comes to ministry, it's, uh, there's blessings and curses, but I promise you this, the The blessings far outweigh the curses. I'll I'll say
1: that. That's amazing. Well, Will, thank you so much. we got to have you back again sometime soon. I really appreciate you taking the time today.
2: Well, Billy, great to see you again, my friends. And thanks for uh, putting this wonderful movie, Unbroken Path to Redemption, on the streaming service. It's great.
1: Well, everybody watching, you can check it out. Head over to PureFlix. If you don't have a trial, you can grab a free seven-day trial. Watch um, Unbroken Path to Redemption. Thanks again, Will. Thank you, buddy. Take care.
0: Did you know you can access thousands of entertaining and inspiring faith and family friendly TV shows, movies, and original series? It's simple. Just log on to pureflix.com right now to start your free trial. From kids content to some of the most uplifting films, we've got your
1: entire family covered. Sign up today. And that brings us to the end of today's Pure Flix podcast. Be sure to tune in on Friday. That's right. Just a couple of more days, and we will have another episode of the show for you. And if you tune in on Sunday, I am super excited because we are continuing our special podcast series surrounding Sons of Thunder Redemption. We do a different episode of the podcast for each episode of the show. So much to unpack there. I have a great time with my friend Lucas Miles breaking that show down for you all the biblical lessons the interesting things we sort of predict what we think is going to happen and it's a lot of fun so check that out and of course head over to pureflix right now and watch unbroken path to redemption we will see you again on friday thanks so much for tuning in
0: that's all for today's podcast you can follow pureflix on facebook at facebook.com/pureflix and on Twitter at PureFlix, and be sure to log on today to PureFlix.com for thousands of faith and family-friendly movies and TV shows. Thanks for listening to the Pure Flix podcast.